0: abundance. We all want more of it. Health, relationships, career, prosperity. To be human is to strive for more. There's ample advice on how to create abundance. We need to have positive thoughts and believe in ourselves. But what happens if positive thinking doesn't come naturally? Are we doomed? I'm Jill McCabe, author, entrepreneur, negative thinker turned optimist and your host on the Thinking Vitamins podcast. For years, I struggled to believe in myself and for years I fell short of my goals and aspirations until I learned a nifty bit of neuroscience that taught me how we can all rewire our brains to have more positive thoughts, self-belief and abundance. That's what I created Thinking Vitamins for, Thinking vitamins are sticky ideas, mantras, and perspective shifts that retrain your brain to expect good things to happen to you. So I ask you, are you ready to boost your abundance? Let's dive in. Today's topic on the Thinking Vitamins podcast is the topic of how do you promote yourself? How do you promote your work? a lot of people maybe you have had the challenge where you do this incredible work like you're just awesome at what you do and then it's just not getting seen it's just not getting picked up and you you look around and maybe you're in a workplace and perhaps you're looking at people who you work with and you know your work is as good if not better than theirs and yet they're getting the recognition or maybe you work for yourself like my clients do and you're in a crowded business place and you're wondering how do i get myself out there how do i promote myself If that is something that you have been wondering, then today's episode of Thinking Vitamins is for you. Today I will be interviewing Sufi. Sufi's main thing is coaching entrepreneurs and experts to get noticed. She has a group called Step Into the Spotlight that is on LinkedIn and she's got a book on the same topic. She's been coaching entrepreneurs for and experts for 20 years and today she's got some insights for you. For those of you who've been listening to the show, first of all, thank you very much for listening, for sharing, for commenting. You've really been helping me get the show out there and I appreciate that. But for those of you who have been listening, you will notice that the the pace of this episode is a little different. That is because I am currently writing a book about having abundance breakthroughs and noticing which entrepreneurs have abundance breakthroughs and which don't. And this particular interview was an interview for my book. And at the end of the interview, I realized I needed to share this interview with you as a podcast. There is so much gold. With that, we are going to dive right in to the part of the interview where Sufi is sharing a little bit of her background of how she got started as a step into the spotlight. Coach. Um, what, what happened
1: was I was a lawyer. Uh, uh, well, actually, to go back before that, I was um, always singing and acting. You know, growing up as a kid, entertaining people, and um, so when it came time to you know figure out what I wanted to do, I kind of wanted to be an actress, a singer, because I. I do I have an album out. And um, people, oh. people, and when I say people, I mean parental types of people, um, kind of thought it might be a good idea to be a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant or something like serious, not an actor or an actress. Um, so I became a lawyer. You know, I watched Perry Mason, never wanted to be a criminal lawyer. Well, actually, I did want to be a criminal lawyer until I saw that they have to deal with criminal. I don't know. <laughs> not so much. I actually did take a criminal law course with these criminal lawyers with teachers. I mean, yeah, I don't want to be going to the jail in the middle of the night. So anyway, uh, became What's a... surprise. I- my album? Miss- is called, my album is called Under the Mediterranean Sky. It's um, kind of world-flavored folk. Uh, made top album lists on radio around the world and that was not by chance. That was by design because I promoted it just like I Uh-oh. promote my you know, the, the whole step into the spotlight thing. And, um, wow! Too bad oh. I don't have the album handy. I would have to walk about 20 steps to show you that. Um, and, we'll do that at uh, the end, because
0: I want right. to yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. see
1: it. I want um, That is great. And when was, you put that out when you, like, before you went to law school. Okay, okay, so here's the story. Uh, no, actually it was after I went to law school. Okay, so I, I went to university, um, was debating whether to be a teacher or uh, a lawyer. At that time, nobody was hiring teachers. So I went to law school, became a lawyer, uh, practiced civil litigation for 10 years. I had four baby girls in four years, boom, 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 boom. And uh, then I kind of had that piggy bee moment that, you know, is that all there is? What what am I gonna do moment? And I decided I wanted to follow my dreams, which was to be a singer, actress, comedian, professionally did that for about six or seven years until it occurred to me that I should feed my kids more than once a week, Um, you know, because Canada, as you know, Jan Arden, you know who she is, used to say that Canada is the only country where you can headline at Maple Leaf Gardens and still have to take the subway home. You know, it's like, we don't really have a star. Not that I was ever in danger of becoming a star here or there, but anyway, so I did that and um, performed for a while. I did the album at that time uh, after I left law uh okay. and i uh, was performing at festivals whatever and i learned about marketing <laughs> you have a dog because that i don't uh, that's, <laughs> that's not your girlfriend yeah, I, I, I know who that is
0: she she makes appearances on my on my on my material
1: now and then that She's used that. to happen with my babies i'm <laughs> you know, still a lawyer when i was having these babies so i would have like people call me and there's a baby wah!
0: anyway so i um yeah so this is cool so you were doing the you were doing the festivals you um you got the album done that's where i need to pick up got the album and
1: that's when i learned about marketing because i was stuck at home not stuck i was privileged to be at home with four baby girls really i mean we had a double stroller we almost bought a triple stroller we had like the cribs and the bottles and the whole thing and i didn't even have a car that fit that many people okay I was home and had the album in my basement. I thought, okay, I should sell some of these now that I made it. And I, you know, so I really learned a lot about publicity and about marketing and I started promoting the album. So when I was performing at these festivals, I would go to the let but they were the, um, uh, you know, so I, I was, let's say one of 50 performers in the city. And there would be one headliner, like somebody famous, well, Canadian famous, <laughs>
0: Yeah. I gotcha, I gotcha, gotcha. You know what I that gotcha. means? <laughs> Maybe you the tell them, that to I a know them, but I
1: know them. I you know? <laughs> tell that to an American, nobody will know what I mean. But yeah, so there'd be this big Canadian headliner, right? Somebody that anybody in Canada would know who that person is. And so you'd go into the town where I'm performing the festival. So there's me and 49 other people that nobody's ever heard of, and then the headliner, right? So you go into the town, there'd be a big full-page article with a photo about the headliner. There'd be a big full page, you know, or almost full page article about me. And then the other 49 singers would be looking at me and go, she's one of us. Like she's not a nobody, but you know what? Like she's not, how come there's a big article? And city after city after city that I went into, that was the case. So I, you know, I learned how to do it. I did it. And people started asking me like, how did you do that? How did you get on? You know, I was just decluttering now, you know, 20 years later, um, all these papers I used to print out the um, they used to keep the airplay listings like tracking you know how many times your link got played, and I made it like week after week after you look at it with Joni Mitchell and Bruce Coburn and like all these people that people had heard of and, to, and again who's to be, right I just threw them all out my point is that if you find a way to promote yourself and get yourself in front of people you can kind of elevate yourself to the to the set at least in that arena i mean it's not like you're going to become widely known and that's not something i would wish on my worst enemy anyway i don't want exactly. to be that kind yeah of widely known. i don't want to go to you know my neighborhood grocery store and have people recognize me although it has happened a few times but i prefer the anonymity and i prefer to be known in a very small niche group of people you know like dan kennedy for example you know a marketing guru is known in marketing circles but nobody outside marketing circles has right. ever heard of them right that's my ideal kind of uh, somebody wrote a book
0: amount thinking, of like exposure slightly, like how yeah. to get
1: slightly famous i think it's called or something like that it's a great title um because you know i only want to be known amongst the people for whom it makes sense for me to be known other than that i'm like one of the most private people you'll ever meet and i don't like i don't want the whole world to know um,
0: i love you know i think that's a beauty i think that's a message that needs to be in my book because i know that as i work with people who are starting their business they're pre-you so they're they can't figure out what they want to do they know that what they're doing is not working but they don't know what the next door is they can't figure out what the door to the right is and um and I work with experienced professionals, usually leaving decades of successful employment. And a uh, big thing that happens is because they've been underappreciated in their organizations, as we know, the pendulum swings, and now they want, you know, all of this notoriety. But I think to your point, and I, I really, w- I love that part of your story where you're like, no, I want to be in the, known in the circles where it makes sense to be known, and I don't wish mass exposure on, on my enemy. Like it's that's horrible. I mean, and that's because that's right, that's in already the outline for my book to talk about that.
1: I love that. I said somewhere in here, one of the pros of publicity is that you might get really well known. Yeah. The con of publicity is that you might get really well known. You might get really well known. <laughs> you know, at your point you wish. It could happen. Or... Um, so I love this kind of the way that I've been able to navigate it. Like, you know, you, I, I'm, I'm heard of enough that people are inviting me regularly to be on their radio shows, to be on their podcasts, interview me for, you know, articles and whatever, and unknown enough that I can walk in the street undisturbed. And to me, that's, that's like, I, I, ideal. I think that quote, that, that
0: quote is that concept is, is really something that I feel I can, I can, Definitely use, but I know that you have a lot more to offer because I, I, I really want to get to, um, so you really figured out marketing yourself, right? Getting yourself, putting yourself next to these, you know, big names,
1: getting on all these stages. Um, so you're a self-taught marketer. Well, when you say self taught, I mean, I took people's programs, I went to their conferences, I read their books, I, re- I read Jay Conrad Levinson's books, I had a stack of them. And I eventually ended up interviewing him for one of my products. And I met him a few times. Um, so I studied, you know, their books, he was a really smart guy, I, I studied, um, there's so many people, you know,
0: So I guess what I meant is you
1: you i didn't go to university it out but you I figured,
0: figured it, it out right I like you, out. you
1: you well, and it. i'm still figuring it out i mean anybody who says you know they're done like i every single day i consume um material about my area oh, of interest and every single day like you know i have a group on linkedin of, you know, yeah all those and you're putting really
0: interesting ideas in that group you know you're asking us every to day I really like the way you engage people. So, so where was the pivot from? So singing, and then we pivoted where? The singing. Okay, I want to. Well, okay,
1: so so hard. law and then <laughs> okay. singing, Law, singer, actress, comedian. Like I did stand okay. up on national TV. I did. I yeah. Don't, don't get me. I was on a sitcom for four years in Canada. National TV sitcom and people started asking me how did you do this how did you get those articles first it was performers asking me and then it was business people asking me and i thought you know around that time i wasn't going to go back to law i had these kids and i thought okay what can i do to earn money and to have fun and to use my natural you know whatever i gifts how can i use that and i thought you know what maybe i can show other people how to do what i did so my first business sounds similar to yours it's called follow that dream and that still is my core business which was exactly that taking professionals or people who were you know lawyers whatever they were dentists who wanted to be you know who i don't know trapeze artists never had that um and helping them figure out how to do it and then the reason step spotlight is, is follow that dream evolved into Stephen spotlight was because people would follow that dream, right? They they leave their dental practice to go be a comedian or whatever or to go be whatever it is, a coach. But how do you make money doing it? Like, how do you make it real? And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't call myself a sales expert by any means, but in terms of marketing, you have to attract enough people to you to be able to make a living doing what you're doing. So I made it my business not only with myself to you know get publicity but when my book came out I thought you know what if I write a book about how to get noticed and my book isn't noticed I'm not going to continue to get clients and I actually didn't take my own advice in my book I have a chapter about publicity and I advise people not to hire publicists at least at this stage because it's a big waste of money you're probably not ready for that publicity and if if you are ready for that publicity. There's no guarantee that a publicist can get it better than you. But I did not take my own advice because I thought, again, I wrote a book about how to get noticed. It better get noticed. I I spent a ridiculous amount of money on uh, publicists. It didn't, I mean, I got a handful of little things that I could have gotten myself. In fact, there were, um, there was something, one or two things that the publicist couldn't get and reported that couldn't get and that I got myself later. So anyway, um, I would not advise that people do that, um, but in order to be credible, it's very important to demonstrate that you're doing what it is that you say you can help other people do. So that was the evolution. That you know, I, I started doing it for a while. Then people asked for a book. Uh, I wrote the book. I started promoting the book um, about. I don't know, about nine years ago, I launched this Okay. community. Okay. Um, it, was wow. January, it was January 1st. I was sitting around thinking, okay, what am I going to do differently this year? I don't know. And I wasn't really that interested in LinkedIn because they were professional and I do not see myself that way. It, to me, the word professional always meant kind of stuffy and, you know, coming from the law, corporate kind of background didn't attract me at all, but I had a client. Was very interested in LinkedIn, and you always have to be one or two steps ahead of a client, right? So, when she started, you know, and I probably had I don't know 300 people connections, or whatever. Um, when she started being interested, I, I just was with the client right before I spoke to today, and he asked me how many connections I have, and it was like 19,200 something, which is not a huge number, I mean, it's a big number. hundreds <laughs> of thousands, whatever. But it all started because of this client that I had to be one step ahead of her, right?
0: I'd like to dig into that, actually. I think that's an important message, uh, which is I have to be one or two steps in front. I've, you know, one of the things I've heard, and I wonder if you have, you know, people who think they have to be 10 years, 20 years in front and here, and I I would love for you to share because I, you know, you've been very successful and That You don't need to be 20 steps in front. You need to be one or two steps in front. Can you speak
1: more to that? Well, the challenge challenge of people that are 20 steps or 20 years in front is that one fears, and it may not be true, one fears that they've forgotten what it feels like to be you. Like you, you hear, you know, Brendan Burchard talk about when, you know, his parents didn't have money for heat in Montana and whatever and you hear about this guy who grew up in a chicken coop, literally that was one of the stories that I heard, or you hear about um, Jeff Walker talking about where was, he spent $400 on a floppy disk and they didn't have food And like I could tell you all of it you know, you hear about Dean Graziosi's story of, you know, his I don't know, he had 17 I'm exaggerating, but lots of um homes, and and um you hear these stories and now they're multi kazillion quadrillionaires, and you're thinking, Yeah, you probably don't remember. Now I think for a lot of them they do remember, but it's just like somebody who's lost a lot of weight, right? Somebody who's lost a hundred pounds, maybe, right? Yeah, you remember what it was like to, you know, have a hard time getting clothes and your legs were rubbing together or whatever, but still you're skinny now. Like so I don't know if I identify that much with the you know size 2 modeling looking one just because she tells me she used to weigh 100 pounds yes it's very inspirational um, but it's somebody who's just a few steps ahead and he's almost currently doing it it's like, like I try things out I'll give you another example when I started my business I used to walk around kind of not bragging but sort of <laughs> um that I was fully booked in 10 months from the time that I launched my business like Monday to Friday. Now if I showed you my calendar from those days it was from I don't know nine to five or ten to four, whatever it was like blocked and then I had you know all these children and whatever. So busy, busy, busy. And I used to be so proud of it and I'd go to networking meetings when you had your 30 seconds and say, you want to see how I got for you all this stuff, right? Then it occurred to me I was eavesdropping on one of my own coaching sessions and I was telling because I couldn't afford myself a coach at that time but I was listening on somebody else's dime to what I was saying and I was recommending that my client take Fridays off but I wasn't taking Fridays off and I thought hmm, I should listen to her I should take Fridays off what a cool idea wouldn't that be great so I started taking Fridays off, right? Well, I like that so much that I started taking Mondays off and Fridays, right? So then I I for many years I packed my clients into Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Well, in order to make that work, you have to raise your rates, which I encourage all my clients to do. So over the years, you know, I I, I compressed the time that I was delivering the service, I raised the fees, and that elevates you in the marketplace. And that's what I was teaching clients to do. But again, Sometimes it was me hearing what I was telling them. And other times it was me leading and saying, well, how can I tell this person to do this if I'm not doing this? Like I, like I said, I just had a client, a lawyer right before this call with you. And I was recommending stuff to him. Well, sometimes I think, well, I should do what I'm telling him to do just so he sees you know, how it's done. So um, it's kind of a mixture of both of those things. I am,
0: yeah, I love what you are saying. And I've certainly caught myself I've coached myself through my yeah I've I've been I've been of course what coach hasn't said okay that was really good advice <laughs> you should really take it <laughs> you know um, that that is this is truly tremendous I think you have so much value to offer there are so many ideas that you have given and I think that that one that allowing people not to be so far ahead I think that's that's something that I've seen like am I good enough, am I ready, you know, so I think that's a big one. Um, Not over over amplifying the fame piece I think is really important too, because I think that's doing it for the wrong reasons as well I know when people are just like I want to be you know maybe you haven't been seen and recognized and valued and you're like no I want Oprah and it's like no there's somewhere between not being valued and Oprah right like you don't know and,
1: and let me just say something about that 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 doesn't come from me originally but let's just pretend that it did I think it was I think it was Dan Kennedy who said something and I think he was quoting Cabot Robert who was a speaker and I don't remember the exact quote but it was like something like if you get famous before you're ready, then just more people will see what you can't do. Like I've totally messed up the quote. I don't remember exactly what the quote is, but like, why would you do it before you're ready? It's just like, it's amplifying. Like you're you're telling the whole world and you're not ready yet.
0: This is such gold. Wow. Um, Wow. Okay. So let's, uh, let's turn the conversation to your your main area so people can learn about you know what you do and and the big maybe some of the challenges the biggest challenges that you've seen professionals have as they do try to get exposure and step
1: into the spotlight well a, a big part of it is the confidence I mean you know I, I kind of broke it down when I was teaching my uh step in the spotlight 101 program I I kind of had to crystallize it in one place i tried to get all on one piece of paper and initially that piece of paper was a bristol board it was huge and then i condensed it down to one piece of paper and i kind of figured there's there's three kind of main components to it right there's the like so if you draw like three circles there's the stardom state of mind which is all about the confidence there's the middle section which is about choosing your role in the marketplace and then there's the bottom section which is about taking action okay the action step Well, people came to me as a coach, typically, almost always, almost exclusively for the third one, the taking action. What does that mean? They come to me because they want me to help them write a book, like to conceive the book and to write it because that will help them step in the spotlight. Like they come to me because they want me to help them add humor to their speeches or to write a speech. They come to me because they want uh, me to help them to crystallize it all into a 30 second networking. They were all very specific action steps that they wanted right and I would say to them okay great I can help you with that I do help my clients with that but whoa because if you don't have the first and second that's the third one if you don't have the stardom state of mind right if you don't have the confidence if you're still squished every time you get criticized which happens to all of us right me included that's the first one And if you don't have the middle one, which is, I think, probably, well, I was going to say the most important of all three, but the first and second are very important. Um, and you really can't, shouldn't waste your time on the action steps without the first two. But the middle one, which is crucial, is choosing your role in the marketplace, right? And that's what I help my clients do. Because if you are, let's say, you know, somebody comes to you or to me or someone says, I want to be a coach. Well, join the crowd. Like we all know 60 million, quadrillion, neighbors and brothers-in-law and whatever who are coaches right um what are you going to do that's going to be different how are you going to brand yourself and it's so what are you selling and then what are you really selling which is below the thing that that you're selling and and what's what's your angle on it right and what and what do you call it and and how do you brand yourself differently people don't do that right so it's just um, giving an example to my client earlier today, there's a guy that I, you know, talk about all the time who specializes in detecting if people are lying or not. That's a nice narrow niche, right? Or there's another uh, guy who I think he's in my LinkedIn group who coaches uh, or he has programs for angry physicians. Now, yeah, that's so good. He could, yeah. he could just do anger management programs. He could just coach physicians, but no, he was angry. Or or I met a person, I was at a a coaching conference. I was speaking at an add-on day to the ICF coaching conference. That was a separate conference. And um, there were a lot of uh, coaches there speaking that day. And it occurred to me, you know, it was in Las Vegas. And it occurred to me that within that room of... I don't know, there were maybe five, six, seven speakers who you know coach coaches and speak to coaches, and then there were, you know, maybe a hundred listeners in the room. In that room, every single person would want to read my book. But if I walked out in Las Vegas into the street where there are thousands upon thousands upon tens of thousands of people holding my book in the air, probably none of them would be interested. But when you filter it out and you get a hundred. Of the right people in the room they're interested and I remember I met a woman um, at a networking part of the IPF conference, and she was like, you know maybe the two hundred person I'd met that day and she was the only one I remembered because she said she coaches aggressive bosses, people that have told that they're aggressive and I thought that's so good compared to you know, hi, I'm a life coach. Hi, I'm a business coach. I'm a that coach. I'm a this coach. You know, like it's just. I it's love it. It's not going to get you there. It's not going to get you
0: there. No, you've got to. You've got to. Yeah, the the uh, triangulation of, or at least the intersection of two, you know, talents, which is. So interesting for you because you've got that piece where you're helping professionals step into the spotlight. You had the professional legal background, then you had the experience in the spotlight. So that's a really nice, clean positioning.
1: The yeah. thing that I did, the subtitle of the book was because all business to show business. Because I don't know if you can see it, but yeah, that's awesome. Because because the thing, is, so I used the metaphor of Maybe it's not a metaphor, but I use the kind of the filter of show business. So my my book is full of stories of how they do it in the music industry and how they do it in television, whatever. And, and, and it's, it's not necessarily for people in show business, although they could read it, but it's really written for entrepreneurs and experts. How do you show business principles in your business, right? Just like, you know, if I were coaching a financial advisor, We could use the metaphor of planting a garden and trees and acorns and, you know, planting seeds for the future and all this stuff. Like there's all these metaphors that you can use. People use cooking metaphors. And um, so for me, it made sense that show business would be the one that I would use Um, because, you know, I lived it and I could also tell stories from, from, uh, yeah. One story I told in the book was, um, B Y O A, bring your own audience. I I remember I was performing at a at a little club, and I thought my role, at that time I was naive back in the day, I thought my role was to come and be a good singer. You know, so I came with my guitar and I sang really well and you know, great. So the owner comes up to me, she doesn't care if I'm a good singer or not. The owner comes up to me and says, bring your own audience. Like, I'm thinking she's going to supply the audience. But, you know, when you're unknown, you've got to bring. So, that was a lesson that I learned, and I put it in the book. And it's the same for speakers, right? It's the same for book authors. Uh, Brendan Burchard tells a story of how he got his deal. I don't know if it was Simon & Schuster or whoever he got his deal with, one of the big companies, because he told them in a book proposal, I have an army of followers. And he does. He's got, you know, zillions of people following him. You could put a sandwich between two book covers, okay? If you have a big enough audience, you could put a brick, a brick between two book covers. You know, a sexy cover in the back, a few endorsements on on the front, and you know, a good title, and and I I got that reversed. The the book cover goes on the front, the endorsements go on the back, and you know, literally, you could put a brick in there. Um, In fact, there's a guy who took a photo of his foot, and he put it on a book, like he, he he wrote a book about how he got publicity because he he was trying to kind of uh, make the point, and it's the same point that I make, that you can you can market anything, you know. If I take this pen, and I <laughs> I was joking with my previous client that this is the gluten free pen. You know how they're they're talking about, you know, they 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 take things that never would have gluten in them, and they advertise that they're gluten free, right? Um. So, uh, you can take anything and give it yeah. a certain attribute yeah. and all of Yellow. a sudden, no gluten. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. I, I'm wearing gluten-free shoes, right? Oh, actually they're flip-flops right now. I'm speaking <laughs> to you. And they're also vegan flip-flops. Of course. You know, we got vegan and low-carb
0: and low-carb. I love do- this BYOA. I would love to. I'm interested in just a couple of details around that because I'm interested in using that sure. in the book. I think it's really good. So you were. This was during your singing, you know, years. Yes. I guess it was at the beginning before you. You know, you before you had two Before I saw in. the light. Yeah. Before you saw the light, and uh, that probably helped you see the light. So, can you give me some details, like where where were you singing? I mean, I'd love to share. Oh, like,
1: I, I sang in festivals and clubs. Oh, you know, that
0: one where the person said, "Oh, that
1: was that." I think that was at the Free Times Cafe in Rome.
0: Oh, right on! That's a good one to have it because I think that that's. I actually think that's a
1: pivotal story because that's a wake-up yeah. moment. For and you. then later, <laughs> I did my later I did my CD release there, and I did pack like it was. I mean, it's a small venue, but I packed it um, because I understood at that time. And, you know, by then I had a mailing list, you know, which used to be physical mail. And then it became um, actually, you know what? I got I got a gig on the Stuart McLean show, radio show, which was broadcast live nationally on CBC. And also at, in Guelph, they have the River Run Center, I think it's called, live big things with Mary Lou Falls and a bunch of people. And I got that because of one flyer out of a couple of thousand that I sent out. I was performing at Mel Lassen's Square Amphitheater in Toronto, also Skylight Amphitheater. So I had like five, six dates lined up. I put out these flyers to pizza on the broccoli tour because I wrote a song called Broccoli's on at Dominion for my mom. And anyway, so I, I sent these flyers around to different people. And some of them were people I knew who had been at previous uh, performances and other people I would just get out of you know, contact lists of people in the music industry, whatever it was, and one of them ended up in the hands of a guy named Tony Corrington, uh, who's a musician who's played backup for a lot of famous musicians, I think he's one of Juno, if I'm not mistaken, for another album he did. And he, he ended up getting just a random flyer and asked, you know, he called me and asked about my live show, he ended up, I think, coming, Maybe he didn't come, I don't remember what happened, but he invited me to perform at a festival. The festival got canceled, but instead he invited me to, uh, he got me invited to perform at the River End Center, which ended up on Stuart McLean Live nationally. And and Tony ended up being the co-producer of my album. So all this happened, all the story that I just told you, that big long story happened from one piece of paper out of of a thousand, and now we do it by email. So I do have an email list as well. Um, but people really have to start, you know, not only publicizing themselves and getting their names out there and narrowing it up so that people have heard of you, but also to gather those people because, you know, we've heard the story before, a lot of people who used to get, have big hits, Let's like say they would write a book and it was a big hit, if they didn't have a mailing list to those people, which back in the day, nobody did, um, when you release a second book, you have to start all over again and hope that those people look for you. But if you're smart as an entrepreneur, You keep your own list and you notify, hey, I have a book out, right? So um, you have a
0: ready-made audience. As you were talking, I was seeing your song, your music as your product. So you also had a product, you know, you were able to go on stage and sing. And that must have also been like creating songs, creating albums. There's a lot of work there. And that's just the beginning. I was just speaking to Eric Barker. He's got a second book coming out he writes about uh, success and he's, it's called plays well, the surprising science of why everything you know about relationships is mostly wrong. And it's, he's a funny guy. He used to be a screenplay writer in Hollywood and, and he was saying the same thing you're saying, you know, which is like, you know, once you create this thing, that's when the work begins. right?
1: Well, that's what I tell my clients. Like I help them write books and I help them create programs, but I said, yeah, that's when the work begins. I mean, you, you know, you have this thing. So for me, I created first the CD and then the book, and then I've got these, you know, three signature programs and all these and, and audio CDs and all this stuff. But what's the point if nobody's, you know, what's you the point having it. a book if nobody's ever going to read the book? And you know, one of the reasons I think that a lot of people invite me to be on their podcast, one, obviously, you know, they want the content, but two, they know when I appear on their, you know, the thing is that that will draw the people that are interested in me um so that's you know you know you've heard about OPA other people's audiences that's another thing yeah a lot on is and so um I know that you know people it's naive to think that they don't realize well she's got these you know almost fifteen thousand in this group and she has other big following so it's naive to think that that that's not part of it. Um, one hopes that it's just for the content that one delivers, and I would never invite anyone to be on a on a podcast or a radio show uh, where I to, uh, just host too. one just yeah. for that. In fact, that was one of the questions I posted in my group the other day. Would you rather have somebody who's really amazing at what they do as a guest on your podcast, like an amazing guest, or somebody with a huge audience? And I would vote I'd rather have the amazing guest than the person with the huge audience. Now, if you can get somebody with both. Both, yeah, so, but
0: that's, so I was thinking about that. I'm interested in your take on this. I was thinking about that last night because I watched something on, you know, how to do a podcast, right? Some free webinar on how to do a podcast. And it was all about other people's audiences. And it was like, we'll write the questions. We'll go find them. We'll do whatever. And I and I really thought about that because I thought, because I had, I just posted today. I When I first started, just a few, like a few months ago, I was getting, you know, 200, you know, views, eyeballs on my reels. Now I'm getting 10,000. It's like maybe a month. On. Stadly, steadily after like a day or two. And, amazing. and I thought about, you know, just going after other people for the audiences, you know, and you know, yeah. webinars are so well developed, you're, you're, you're buying into it while you're watching it. And then afterwards, I shook my head. And I said, you know what, that's not audience focused. That doesn't show my audience exactly. how much I love them. Yes. You exactly. know, that is all about me, 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 right?
1: And you I want have to build something real. You want to build something real that you're proud of, and to me, like it's it it would never be about that. It would never be about that. Like you can you can do you can do both, but you build it organically yourself. Um, so I commend you on coming to that. And that, that definitely is my position on that. Like I want the content. I want the, um, I want it to be amazing. Even if only one person hears it, I want that person to be blown away. And, and you know, one never knows who that one person is. I've heard countless stories, countless stories about there being eight people in the audience. And one of them was the one that led to the record Or One, yeah. So it, it, it's really important, I think, to focus on, um, Sufi, I
0: could literally talk to you for the rest of the week, but the you know that wouldn't be fair to you. This has been one of the most fascinating, fast paced. Interesting conversations that has covered so many topics. It is definitely going to be a podcast. Podcast listeners, I was thinking this was a book interview. This is too good to keep from you for a year. You need to hear this incredible interview. You need to join Sufit's group on Facebook. Step into the spotlight. That's can I talk to you? It's on LinkedIn. It's on LinkedIn. Sorry, pardon Sorry. me, my mistake. On LinkedIn, step into the spotlight. And that's just the first thing uh, to do to, to find Sufi. Where what else can listeners do to learn? Well, that? first of
1: all, let me just tell you that I set up a URL at www.spotlightgroup.biz, B I Z. That will take you straight to my LinkedIn group so that you don't have to tell a whole long story. LinkedIn forward slash blah 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 forward Great. spotlightgroup.biz will take you there. Spotlightbook.com will take you to my book. Spotlightsecrets.com will take you to some free tips. Uh, It's my autoresponder email list that will tell you how to stand out in 30 seconds. Um, And there's probably, and supit.com is my website. So you can... We make it easy because
0: they will all be in the show notes. So you just have all to right. look at the show notes and go click. So this is really easy for listeners. Uh, Sufi, I cannot wait to read the transcript of this and pull forth the stories uh, for my
1: book, what gold you have shared. My pleasure. My pleasure. It's a pleasure speaking with you. And I wish you every success with your book. And I will see you in our group. Uh, you certainly will. I love your group.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Thinking Vitamins podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like, comment, follow, and come to thinkingvitamins.com where you can sign up to get our newsletter and additional free training.
1: Thinking Vitamins with Jill McCain.